Should the Cardinals draft a running back at all during the 2022 NFL draft? If Zion Johnson and the top five wide receivers aren't available at 23 overall, where should the Cardinals turn? And Marcus Moser from Locked On Cowboys and Locked On Dynasty joins me to talk about the similarities between the Dak versus Cowboys and Kyler Murray versus Cardinals debacles and who he thinks the Cardinals should take at 23 overall. Alex Lindsay, Locked On Cardinals. Here we go. You are Locked On Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, everybody. Locked on Cardinals. Alex Clancy here. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. You can also check me out on Thursday, day of the draft, on the Locked on NFL National Show with Tyler Rowland from Locked on Titans. We've been talking a lot of draft. We've been talking a lot of free agency. We've been talking a lot of Kyler Murray versus Arizona Cardinals. I feel like those three pillars are what has made this offseason so far. There's still a long way to go, even though we are 72 hours away from the first round of the NFL draft. I'm going to hit who the Cardinals should take position-wise if Zion Johnson and the top five wide receivers are off the board at 23. Where should the Cardinals turn? Marcus Mosier from Locked On Cowboys is going to join the show to talk about the similarities between the Dak Prescott and, and uh, Dallas Cowboys holdout contract negotiation and where he sees them, you know, as in comparison to Kyler Murray versus the Arizona Cardinals. And he does a lot of draft work as well. I want to see what he thinks the Cardinals should do with 23 overall. Uh, first, this segment, first segment, as promised to Michael Hernandez at AZFanSense88 on Twitter. Should the Cardinals take a running back at all? during the 2022 NFL draft. This was sparked by me tweeting out my mock draft Monday from yesterday where I was in the brain of Steve Keim and who I think he's going to take in the first three rounds when the Cardinals have a pick in each of the first three rounds. I had them taking Jahan Dotson in the first round, 23 overall. And uh, I had him taking Brees Hall in the second round and, and Drake Jackson, edge rusher from USC in the third round. Uh, Michael said that there's no way the Cardinals should take a – Wide receiver, take a running back. They ain't taking a running back. I've had a couple people say this. Brian Pagotti at Brian Pagotti on Twitter said, wouldn't hate it, but Brees Hall, while we have Connor taking, Connor making seven million a year, seems kind of a waste. And on the surface, I completely understand that. Makes total sense. And the fact that James Connor making the amount of money that he does, he is going to be with the, with the Cardinals for the next handful of years. I've talked about this through the offseason as one of the themes is that James Conner can't be an 80% touch guy. Most running backs cannot. Because, remember, these people are human beings with feelings, and their bodies hurt, and their bodies get bruised. And the pounding that James Conner took over, over last year was somewhat synonymous with the big year he had in Pittsburgh, even though Pittsburgh does everything you know, exponentially more heavily based upon the running back. And James Conner got, as I've said over and over again, Arian Foster, where you have three good years of 400 touches, and then, you know, your body breaks down because you're a human being. And um, I feel like even though, and especially that, James Conner is getting paid that amount of money, it's more, more, even more of a reason to either draft a running back in the second round or bring a proven running back in like a Melvin Gordon, or even Sony Michelle, somebody like that. Because what we've seen through last year is James Conner is great catching the ball out of the backfield. So if, if he's going to be 
the, the Chase Edmonds role, even though we touched the ball 60% to the 40%, whoever they bring in, whether it be a Melvin Gordon or Sony Michelle, the latter of the two would be able to take more of the brunt of the between the tackles carries, which would allow James Conner to have a different role, a less impact role of touching the ball 80% of the time because you want him to withstand the rigors of a 17-week season and or 18-week season, 17-game season, and not get injured midway through the season due to overuse. So that's why I'm saying drafting a running back in the second round, or if you're going to draft someone, take a flyer in the sixth round, which I'm sure they'll do regardless of what they do in the second round, I don't see Jonathan Ward or Eno Benjamin specifically jumping into that RB2 role and being able to produce. And what the Cardinals need to do with what we've seen over the handful of years that Cliff and Kyler have been here is that you have to have a ground game. You have to be able to have a ground game to keep the defense honest, to be able to throw the ball down the field. And lest we forget, James Conner was the most important offensive player, not named Kyler Murray, and I guess Rodney Hudson, that the Cardinals had last year. You need to be able to keep him in somewhat of a bubble wrap in the sense that you're only going to give him 50 or 60% of the touches and not just expect James Conner to touch the ball 25 to 30 times a game and have the output for 17 or 18 weeks. It just it doesn't seem feasible at this point in his career, and it shouldn't, regardless of how productive he was last year, especially inside the red zone. So in the second round, should the Cardinals take a running back? Probably not, but I do think that if the offense is going to be the focal point of his team, drafting a running back in the second round, whether it be Kenneth Walker or Brees Hall, there are a lot worse moves you can make because you're going to use either of those guys in the passing game as well. And that directly correlates to Kyler Murray's performance. And that's why I think it'd be imperative. Now, if they draft a wide receiver in the first round, punt this whole segment out the window. Because this, my wanting them to draft a running back in the second round or third round if somebody happens to drop, is predicated on the fact that they draft a running back, draft an offensive lineman in the first round. It's one or the other. Interior offensive lineman, running back, awesome. Anything else, no running back for me, one or the other. So thank you for reaching out on Twitter. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Um, Yeah, that's where I stand. And, you know, Brees Hall is going to be an absolute monster in the NFL. He is. And if the Cardinals can get him with with their second-round pick, if they draft an offensive lineman in the first-round pick, I think it would be a home run, even though they do need help at the corner position, edge rusher, and wide receiver position as it currently stands with their roster. Follow me on Twitter again at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked on AC Cards. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. This is where it gets really fun. We're going to have more organic content to talk about instead of the what-ifs because we have this sweet spot between after the draft and when it gets to list season that it's going to be really, really good. What does this mean for the future of the Cardinals? Because we're going to start to see some of the cloudy days start to open up, some sunshine get into our lives regarding who's going to be starting for the 2022 season for the Cardinals because there's a lot of questions left to still be answered. Coming up next, if Zion Johnson isn't there at 23, if the top five wide receivers aren't there at 23, where should the Cardinals go? I'll give you my thoughts first. Next, Athletic Greens, A. G1. Okay. I don't like making big breakfasts. I don't like going out and buying supplements from different stores. I don't like, you know, just taking a bunch of pills every day to get the stuff that I need to make my body feel good. Okay. Our next partner has a product I literally use every day now. I started taking AG1 for all the things I just mentioned. Plus, it's fast. Plus, it's a one stop shop for what you need to make your body feel better. 
AG1 has 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Okay. It's lifestyle friendly. Keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, whatever. It's lifestyle friendly. Less than one gram of sugar. No GMOs. No nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. It's a, it supports better sleep quality, which is important for me, and recovers and it supports mental clarity, which is huge, even though it doesn't seem like this on the podcast all the time. It, it, it supports alertness. It's one of the things with the best things. Athletic Greens use the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. It's got over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes, trusted by leading health experts such as Tim uh, Ferriss and Michael Gervais. This is stuff is the real deal. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. Scoop, cup, water, boom, drink. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash NFL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com backslash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. If you need insurance in another way, betaline.net has you covered. It's your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find out the latest sports development, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Go to the website or use your mobile device today to learn about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making Lockdown Cardinals your first listen each and every day. Like, I love this. I love doing this podcast every day. I have since I started in 2017, watching this grow, watching the listenership and viewership grow, whether you agree with me, disagree with me. I say things because I mean them. I don't say things for clickbait. I don't say things to piss people off. I have this platform to tell you what I think and use information given to me and analysis, stuff that I watch that... I truly believe everything that I say. And if you don't agree with me, I apologize. Thank you for listening otherwise. Thank you for listening anyway, even if you don't agree with me. We've got NFL draft stuff coming up, okay? It's the week. This is the week. This is the big announcement. For the first time ever, Lockdown's hosting live coverage of the 2020 NFL draft from our studios in Dallas with pick-by-pick analysis from our local team experts and draft gurus. Tune in to all three days, Okay. As our draft team guides you through every pick and every trade in real time, it all starts Thursday, April 28th, 7 p.m. Eastern, available on the Locked On NFL, uh, on Locked On NFL on YouTube and on the Odyssey app. Okay, so 23 overall, the Cardinals are up. All five top five wide receivers are gone. Zion Johnson is gone. If you're doing mock drafts now for funsies, you're going to see Zion Johnson a lot going to Philly at 15, going to the Chargers around there, going to the Ravens around there. He's not a secret anymore like he was before, you know, the combine, before the senior bowl. This dude is an absolute baller, and the Cardinals would be lucky to have him at 23. You hope, if you're the Cardinals and you're targeting Zion Johnson, which I don't think Steve Kime is, I don't think he's going to, but if he is, and if the Cardinals are, if he's high up on the draft board, you hope that two quarterbacks go before the Cardinals. Like, you know, with Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis, there are so many different places that you see in mock drafts where they could go. They could fall out of the top 10. They could both go in the top 10. We don't know. There's a couple offensive tackles that are going to go, Evan Neal and otherwise. 
there are the, the you know the edge rushers that are going to go the, the wide receivers 23 is a long time to wait so the cardinals have the ninth pick in a 14 team fantasy football draft and there's only so much you can do before your pick and you just kind of hope and pray so say the top five wide receivers are gone say zion johnson is gone okay what position do I think the Cardinals would benefit from the most in drafting? And I think the obvious one here is edge rusher. You know, George Karloftis is a guy from Purdue that he doesn't necessarily fit in the 3-4 scheme, which is another guy that you drafted 23 who doesn't fit in your scheme. But there are some mock drafts that have him going to the Cardinals. Uh, I, You know, you take this pick if Zion Johnson and the other receivers are gone. I'm only taking the other receivers if Zion Johnson is gone. Let, let me just lay that down for the court here. Zion Johnson will be my pick at 23. Edge rusher is a position that makes it easier for the cornerbacks to cover for a less amount of time because an exemplary pass rusher makes it more difficult for a quarterback to have more time behind the line of scrimmage. Did that with crayons. I apologize for that. But with an edge rusher, what we saw for the pass rush early in the 2021 season was it covered up some of the weaknesses the Cardinals had in the secondary in the cornerback room. And we saw it. You know, Byron Murphy looked like a bona fide CB1 through the first half of the season. When the pass rush dropped off, it was a little bit more difficult. Marco Wilson gets hurt, you know, and, and that's that's where the snowball fell downhill. But if you can find a pass rusher who could be 80% of what Chandler Jones was last year, which wasn't great, but you can't look specifically at sack numbers and say that pass rusher is an all pro because he had 17 sacks. Okay. You'd think like one would be in line with the other, but with Chandler Jones, other teams have to scheme for him. So if he has zero sacks in the game, look at the double teams, look at the offensive line scheme, look at them chipping him with a tight end or a fullback or a running back. Just because he doesn't get to the quarterback doesn't mean he doesn't have an immediate impact on the opposing team's game plan. And that's a guy you need to supplant Chandler Jones with. And if George Karloftis is there, he seems to be the guy, even though he's not a perfect fit, I'd be okay with that. Cornerback, obviously. Keir Elam, the kid from Washington. There's there's two corners from Washington that would be perfect for the Cardinals skill set. Obviously, Steve Kahn loves DBs from the University of Washington, Buda Baker and, um, and Byron Murphy. And then, you know, Jalen Thompson was from Wazoo. So the Pacific Northwest has been kind to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I think it's edge rusher first, then corner second. Because without a pass rush, the best cornerback room in the NFL would not be as effective. So I think you need to go lines out. And closer thing to the line is the pass rush. Then comes corner or linebacker slash corner, depending on where they're set. But I think edge rusher is the obvious choice at, fit, at 23 if – the top five wide receivers are gone, and if Zion Johnson is gone. And then, secondarily, you draft a cornerback. Those are my thoughts. I mean, we're getting closer and closer. Um, I'm going to ask somebody who's much smarter than me regarding the draft, Marcus Mosier from Locked On Cardinals or Locked On Cowboys, Locked On Dynasty. This dude, he does a lot of draft work stuff as well. He's going to join me next. I'm really excited to hear what he has to say. That's next. Locked On Cardinals first, Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain storefront auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So if you're going to a chain storefront, even if you know what part you need, which I wouldn't, you still have to hope that it's in stock. And you have to hope that you're not getting upcharged 40, 50, 60%. You go to rockauto.com from home in your jammies 
be like, yo, paint, make and model, blue, right there at your door a couple of days later. It's got everything you need. Their prices are reliably low. They're a family-owned business. They'll treat you like family. They've been online for 20 years. It's very easy. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, final segment, Locked On Cardinals Tuesday edition here. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. As we've discussed, all podcasts, a lot of question marks surrounding the Arizona Cardinals roster is currently constructed, and we're three days away from the first round of the NFL draft. I don't think they have all 22 starters on the roster. Is it still too early? I don't think so. There's somebody that knows more about this stuff than I do, and we have – a large group of very smart individuals in the Locked On Podcast uh, network, especially Locked On NFL, the, the uh, obviously the uh, channel that I'm a part of. Um, I'm going to bring this guy on because he's not only a great NFL draft mind, he also knows about quarterback situations regarding contracts and um, holdouts, things like that. Marcus Mosier from Locked On Cowboys, Locked On Dynasty. Um, dude, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Of course, Alex. It's nice to talk to you again. Yeah, likewise. Uh, you can also check him out the Game Day NFL as well for all of his draft coverage. We're going to hit draft in a minute because I feel like at this point it's like, okay, it's time for Christmas. Mm -hmm. When I feel like you've done your mock drafts, you've done every possible scenario that your specific team and all the other teams could draft with trades and it, 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 um, et cetera. Kyler Murray, it's been a weird offseason for Kyler. Uh, he's a little bit more quiet, a little bit more reserved. Not as much of a vocal leader as Dak is. And I don't know if he's loved in Phoenix as much as people think he is from the fan base, which blows my mind. From an outsider's perspective, going through it with Dak Prescott, after his injury, getting the contract extension, do you believe that he handled that correctly? Do you believe that he got the money that he deserved or was it too much? And where do you see similarities with Kyler Murray and what they're dealing with in Arizona? Yeah, I, I don't know if... Dak is as loved in Dallas as many people think, hmm. right? Because you know we're we're in we're going into year seven now. They've never got out of the divisional rounds. People still compare him to Tony Romo and all that stuff. So I do think the most the majority of people love Dak, but I think it's very similar to the Kyler stuff, right? There's still a large segment of the fan base that's unsure if he's the the right guy. But as for Kyler, as for Dak. These guys are just doing what's best for them. They're, they're waiting as long as possible to get their deals, right? And they'll eventually get him because good franchises don't let quarterbacks walk. And I don't think the Cardinals are going to let Kyler walk at all. Now, is, does some of the disdain for Dak have to do with the amount of weapons that he has and the inability to do it? Is that like a, a real focal point? Yeah, I think. I think that's part of it. And plus now when you're getting paid $40 million a year, everybody expects, hey, you're getting paid like an elite quarterback. You better start winning like one. But the truth is, Alex, I, I don't think you can overpay these quarterbacks. They're just so important and you absolutely need to have one to be competitive. So what's the difference if you pay Kyler Murray $42 million a year or 48 or $52 million? It doesn't really ultimately matter. It's just you, you've got to pay these guys. So He's going to get some heat no matter what kind of deal he signs. Fans are still going to be upset, but you you just you have to pay him. There's no other alternative. 
Yeah, no, I agree. Marcus Mosier joining me here on Locked On Cardinals at Marcus underscore Mosier. Check him out at Locked On Cowboys, Locked On Dynasty at the game day NFL. So the difference, well, let me say, let me start with this. The similarity between Jerry Jones and the Cardinals is they do it their way and screw everybody else for thinking that they should do it a different way. And they don't care about the outside noise at all. They're going to do what they think is best. And the only difference is Jerry Jones is responsible for three Super Bowls and Steve Kime and Michael Bidwell are responsible for zilch. Now, the, the main comparison that I've seen is, especially with Jerry Jones, is you draft somebody, they have two standout years, give them everything. Because mm-hmm. I was right, they deserve this money, and very rarely does it actually pan out the way that Jerry Jones thinks it should financially for the organization as it pertains to play on the field after getting paid. Teron Matthew was a great example here. Even though he deserved all that money, just not in that bulk, Steve Kahn tried to take some back, didn't like that. And then obviously he's been on his way and won a Super Bowl elsewhere. Do they need to pay Kyler Murray now? Or is it wait till this year is over and do it as as history has said you should do it and say, screw it, we don't need to save the money right now? It might not be their call. And that's the way that it was in Dallas. Everybody said, well, why didn't the Cowboys sign Dak Prescott to a $30 million deal? Why did they wait so long? Why didn't they get this done? Blah, 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 blah. And the truth is... Dak didn't want to get one done early because he knows the market, right? The longer you wait, the more your value goes up. And even if in the case of Dak, he got seriously injured to the point where he was out for the entire season, uh, had multiple surgeries, and his value still went up. So it's really up to Kyler in this case, right? Does Kyler want to sign a $45 million deal right now? Or is he okay waiting to go into the season or waiting for Lamar Jackson to get paid, waiting for some other quarterbacks to get paid? Cardinals are kind of on Kyler Murray's timeline, I think. One more question about Kyler, and then we'll pivot to the draft, because I'm curious to hear what you think the Cardinals should do at 23. Would you pay Kyler Murray? Like, if he if you covered this team, would you be siding with the ownership who hasn't paid him yet, Kyler Murray, or still or abstaining your vote because it's still too early in the offseason? If you think Kyler Murray is a top 15 quarterback in the NFL with a ceiling to be better, you pay him and you don't think twice about it because it's a value. If, again, if you have a franchise quarterback and you're paying them $45 million, you're probably still saving in terms of value 25 to $30 million a year because that's just how important quarterbacks are. Yeah, I signed Kyler the moment he says, hey, I'm ready to do a deal. And I Good. don't even think twice about it. Yeah, at, look at all the rest of the teams in the NFL who don't have a quarterback. They would give three, Kyler, four first-round picks. And if Kyler was on the open market – at the start of free agency, he's the highest paid quarterback by eight, ten million dollars a year. Not that doesn't mean that he's the best quarterback. It's just those guys don't become available in the open market. So yeah, pay him right now. At Marcus underscore Mosier on Twitter. Um, okay, so twenty three overall, barring no trade up or trade back. I think trading up would be catastrophic if it's especially if it's for a wide receiver because they have little to no capital. They have no no draft pick in the fourth or fifth round. At 23 overall, I've pounded the table for who I think is one of the elite plug-and-play players in the first round in Zion Johnson out of Boston College. Because on the left side of the line, when you have Rodney Hudson, who's all pro, and DJ Humphreys, who's been probably the best team-friendly deal Steve Kime has signed for output, especially because DJ hasn't missed a whole bunch of games since he signed it, you sandwich Zion Johnson between the two of them. You have a plug-and-play, don't worry about one portion of this offense. And I think that trumps potentially drafting Denzel Mims part two at 23 overall with who's left. Do you agree or disagree? 
I completely agree. Zion Johnson is somebody at the Lockdown Cowboys podcast that we talk about all the time. The Cowboys draft right after the Cardinals at pick 24. Mm-hmm. Would love to see Zion be there because he literally checks every box you want. Multiple years of starting at Boston College, played multiple positions. He goes to the Senior Bowl. He's the best offensive lineman there by a pretty good margin, at least in my opinion. And I know Trevor Penning was there and Bernard Reinman. Mm-hmm. He was better than both of those guys. Uh, you could play him at left guard if you need him to eventually move out to right tackle. I think you can do that. He tested like a supreme athlete at the combine. And it never hurts to invest in your trenches and protect Kyler Murray because we saw in the playoff game they couldn't block up front. And it's the reason why Kyler looks so bad. If Zion is there at pick 23, I think that's a no-brainer selection for them. Yeah, one more here. And this is let's go into reality here. Steve Kime draft and Zion Johnson at 23. Like from what I've seen over the course of covering this team and seeing, especially over the last handful of years, Steve Kime has a plan. He's not going to tell anybody what that plan is and he's going to execute it. I'm, and we've seen from Peter Schrager and Warren Sharp, two guys that I trust with their, with their um, insider information, uh, that Jahan Dotson from Penn State could be the guy at 23 because the top five quarter, uh, wide receivers could go in the top 20. We see weird stuff all the time, especially mm-hmm. with how much wide receivers are getting paid now. Maybe it pushes the GMs to draft them a little bit higher. Steve Kahn's special is under six foot wide receivers. Is Jahan Dotson different or is he just the sixth best or seventh best receiver in this draft? Yeah, I think he's a sixth or seventh or maybe even the eighth best receiver in this class. I like him a lot, but I think he should be like a early to mid second round pick. And I don't necessarily think that's what Arizona needs at 23. Where I think, at least I think if you read some of the tea leaves about where the Cardinals could go, and I'm not sure how much you guys have talked about him in the on your podcast, but Kyler Gordon, cornerback from hmm. Washington. We know how much Arizona loves Washington yeah. defensive backs. It's also interesting that Kyler Gordon was invited to the NFL draft and his teammate Trent McDuffie was not. It's a pretty good indication that Kyler Gordon is going to be a first-round pick. Very athletic, has experience in the slot and the outside. Uh, it, you could always invest more in your secondary. I think Kyler Gordon is a sneaky player to watch for Arizona. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, because the Cardinals have so many needs everywhere. You know, it's interior offensive line, interior defensive line, corner, linebacker, edge rusher, wide receiver. They need everything. So um, I would not shy away from a corner at 23 overall, even though I think, think Zion Johnson should be the pick if available. Marcus Mosier at Marcus underscore Mosier. Check him out. Locked on Cowboys every day. Locked on Dynasty, the game day NFL. This dude is everywhere. One of the best minds in the business. Marcus, thanks so much for joining me, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Alex. Absolutely. Uh, That's going to do it for me on Locked on Cardinals. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. Make sure you make your second listen, Locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy, Eric Crocker. We have NFL Draft guys of the Wazoo here on the Locked On Podcast Network. 30 minutes every day will give you all the insight you need to know as we inch ever more closely to the first round of the NFL draft. Alex Lancey, Locked On Cardinals. We'll talk to you tomorrow.